I mean, pets in general, but a dog. Like, I'm, I'm a dog guy. Sure. You know, not, I, I not like that cats. I hate, not that I hate cats. Something about a dog, man. They just mm. like connect with you. Yeah. Like I, I love cats, but. I do agree that like a dog becomes the centerpiece of the family in a way that a cat can't, yeah, that's or doesn't exact, usually like no, a cat doesn't exactly really want that kind of attention. But there are times when Nikki and Henry and I are all kind of bonding <laughs> over, over the dog. fact that yeah. Sully is just being so sweet, and we mm -hmm. all it's like he's being increasingly you know how dogs get cuter. Yeah, the more appreciation they get, they yeah. act cuter. All three of us will be huddled around going, "Oh, look at him!" <clears throat> like petting him at the same time, and you can tell that that's when he's just like. This is the harmonic convergence. If they all have their hands on me at once, and I, I mean, again, with cats, a cat would hate every second of that, you know. Yeah. So I do think there's something about a dog. It can like soak up and reflect all the love, and happiness and excitement in the in the family, and it kind of becomes a mascot. Like before we had a family, like mm -hmm. it really felt like Ellie kind of was like right, right. A, a symbol of it mm -hmm. prior to us having a child. But like, it really did feel like we absolutely like needed her in mm. our lives like it just right. took it to it took our relationship in a weird way to like another level too really? well only because like we we both were able to love something together that was ours that we decided to get together that was like that was the first thing that was really really right. a living breathing thing that we loved mm -hmm. together and would do mm. really anything for her. and right. mm. it was like a really interesting like test drive <laughs> to feel like wow we are like kicking ass at this and like it's really elevated our game and like we love this dog i was gonna say cats are like that that girl you had a crush on in college and then you're like sitting with her one day and you realize like she doesn't need me at all <laughs> <laughs> that, it doesn't matter i could leave i could stay it wouldn't even make a difference i almost feel like cats are sort of like introverted pets and dogs are extroverted pets because mm -hmm. cats definitely get weirded out the way an introvert does mm -hmm. if there's too much activity yes whereas a dog is really getting a charge out of that so yeah with a cat you can have much more of a private moment and and then sometimes that's when a dog the energy of a dog can become kind of a negative thing is if you're having like a quiet moment and the yeah. cat's mm -hmm. cuddling on your lap and you're like how that's nice true. and the cat's settling in and it's like finally we're alone together and then the dog sees that and gets jealous mm. and comes you know bounding over and it's like he's not saying hey fuck off to the cat but the dog by virtue of the dog coming over and standing there and wagging his tail being the cat's like i can't handle this energy <laughs> so you're basically saying fuck off to me right now dog i've always just been a pet person i just think you get something out of that having something around that you're caring for yeah. having something around that is there for you as needy as that might be if on an emotional level it's nice to come home and and somebody's excited to see you <laughs> somebody needs I just you remember the first when we had when we had ellie there was like i think it was the the, the second summer we got her in like august or july or something and the following summer, I had like really major surgery in my nose to fix my sinuses. When I came back from getting that surgery, like Ellie was like the smallest nanny dog you could ever imagine. Really? Like she was like you could I, I I genuinely felt like she was like feeling pain for me. You know, mm -hmm. like she was like cuddling up with me when I was in bed or if I was trying to walk to the kitchen to get something because I was kind of drugged up. Mm. She would like literally, magne she was like magnetic to my leg, like just <laughs> making sure I didn't like fall. Right. I felt that genuinely. Yeah. I know that maybe not the case, mm -hmm. but I think that really was the case. Like she was like upset when I was upset. Like I got sick a couple times and Aaron mm -hmm. said like she got sick. It was so weird. Wow. Like I felt like in sync with that dog <laughs> at that time. And from then, anytime like I'm upset or sad or sick, she's like right on top of me, just like looking at me in the face like, 
You know, like, like, <laughs> yeah. like, are you okay? I'm like, oh, God, you're so cute. <laughs> yeah, that bonding happens. And if you're like a sucker for animals, you can almost have that almost any time you're near any sure, animal. Sure. You can feel it. But when it's your, yeah, you, you put in the quality time and the quantity time, there's that moment yeah. where you just you, you catch each other's eyes. And it's like. It's crazy. But yeah, man, she's amazing. There's a connection. I love my dog so much. Yeah. I'm so I've I, been, I, I'm, we've been I'm, planning it, man. Debbie, I just, think you would have a great experience with whatever you choose. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> Are we going to have to start a spinoff called Pet Schmetz? I mean, <laughs> obviously, it's where we're going. We, we should, should just go with this. I actually wouldn't mind that. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe one of these will take off. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> well, we just got a new logo, new 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 artwork for this podcast. People like it, man. So I, I, what I'm saying is we have to make at least a few more episodes because we, we just got new we artwork. Yeah. But we are back. Who are we? Movie movie. Oh, Ron. Movie movie. Oh, Steve. <laughs> Movie movie. Oh, John. Oh, okay. Some combination yeah. of that. Yep. Is this episode 214? It is, yeah. Episode 214. Mm-hmm. 214. So nothing's really happened since we last met. Right. Uh-huh. There hasn't uh-huh. been any uh-huh. entertainment news. Nothing's going on in the world. Or all of it. Or all of it, right. Or all, every piece of news. Or yes. everything happened. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy, man. It's like a, a goddamn <clears throat> meteor hit. It's it's so much stuff. It's so many things going on currently that it's, it feels a little like we should talk about it. Uh, Fox, the network, I'm so used to saying Fox News with kind of a scowl, mm-hmm. but Fox uh, Television canceled a bunch of great shows and and extended the life of uh, that Tim Allen show, did they or did they not? They brought that Man back from the dead, Last yeah. Man Standing. Which to me felt like a real a real move, and I don't know what you guys thought of that, and which what you think about the notion of like network television? Does it mean anything when a network like Fox cancels shows like this if there's the possibility of these things finding other homes? Shows having life on other networks is a is a really nice thing. Um, I don't know how frequently it's going to happen, specifically for some of the shows that got canceled on Fox that are great shows. I don't know what. Sometimes when things like this happen, it it feels like there's a out of touch old man scowling at this, clenching his fist and kind of shaking at mm-hmm. the the idea of Fox even going outside of its its kind of image that it, it's it's maintained for the last ten years or so. Right. Um, so I, I don't know. That, that's that's how I feel about that part of it. Is it really that unusual for a show to get canceled after four or five seasons if it's not a big hit that critics like and that audiences are passionate about, but the audience is small? Or does it kind of seem like Fox is trying to back away from this identity? Because uh, I just finished, like, literally a couple days before they canceled those shows, we were st- sitting in our den talking about how Fox has all these great comedies. Bob's Burgers... Uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine right. and uh, Last Man on Earth, and it was funny that within a couple of days after that, the news was that two of those shows were canceled. Now Fox uh, doesn't have to be the one to put them on. Brooklyn Nine Nine got saved by NBC. Mm-hmm. I haven't heard any similar stories about Last Man on Earth being up for being saved or anything. So well, I don't know. I what, saw that like Hulu was looking at Last Man on Earth, yeah, as a possible cool. savior. I've heard Man. Netflix doesn't really do that anymore. I don't know if that's true, but I've Although, heard that they're not really in the business of picking up wounded shows anymore except for i just read an article today that netflix was looking at picking up there was one com uh, oh designated survivor okay with really? uh, keeper sutherland got canceled and apparently he's being eyed by netflix to pick it up that was one of fox's best comedies yeah <laughs> it's a laugher for sure knee slapper but that that is yeah. one that i remember hearing people say they liked i knew a few people that yeah, liked no, that kind that, of action oriented the show. first season of that it was it wasn't okay it was okay yeah. i mean it was fine um it definitely seems like a show that could be on netflix 
The interesting thing about all of them, I think, is or the most interesting one is is Brooklyn Nine Nine, only because so so bird's eye view i agree with ronald like i think it's cool that these shows can live on mm-hmm. and, and on another platform whatever because yeah. in some ways those platforms are inheriting all the time and money that another studio spent building yeah. that passionate fan base yeah. you're talking about so maybe there can benefit from that the brooklyn 99 thing is really interesting though because like reading about it you realize that like it was one of fox's more expensive shows and it's produced by universal pictures which is nbc yeah. So it's kind of almost like it's right. like that going to NBC seemed like the right thing. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, or maybe what it should have been before, but I think they passed initially when it was pitched. But um, it's it's a really interesting thing to see shows in this day and age, like John said, like with maybe that are loved by critics and small beloved audiences, mm-hmm. like they like worship a show, whatever it might be. But they can speak up so quickly, you know, on Twitter, on social media, on on the internet, yeah. in today's world, and and make an impact, you know. And studios and you know um, produ- production houses can see immediately, like there's got to be a gauge reaction to that, like oh wow, like look at this crazy backlash, and not just fans writing about it on Twitter, but like. Lots of media outlets writing about like why what, it was such a big mistake to cancel right. Brooklyn Nine Nine. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of love for that show from news outlets also, which is really cool. Um, but it it is interesting to think about though, because like there's so many great shows that never saw more than a season, let alone four and five, yeah. like Brooklyn Nine Nine and Last Man have had. But it's like, how would those shows like this that didn't actually build something quite like they have? in these two shows in terms of a fan base yeah. but that were great shows that got canceled pre, pre, you know prematurely yeah and that never got a chance to find a netflix or a hulu or amazon or whatever mm-hmm. it might be so these shows are benefiting from that now mm-hmm. greatly it's not going to be I, I i think if it becomes the norm that's a problem it's i think it's going to be the exception to the rule is is really what's important for these shows because i mean if a show is getting canceled for the right reasons or because it's not great or yeah. it's not getting good ratings or really there's not much of a huge fan base or a passionate fan base for it let another show come and have a, ch- a shot right yeah. but bringing back a tim allen show for you know uh brooklyn 99 or any of those three comedies which i enjoy all three of them mm-hmm. and two of them are like one of my two of my favorites uh brooklyn 99 last man but like you know, it doesn't seem logical to do that if you're just kind of bringing in a show that you already canceled before. Yeah. yeah. You know, because I feel like there's there's some programming happening with that. I feel like there's some yeah. some some yeah red state yes. blue state oh programming oh, going sure. on there. It's almost like for they're sure. trying to respond to the Roseanne thing. Yep. Uh, yeah. Uh, but I don't want to get I don't want to get too far away from the notion of these shows the way that they end. I think that Last Man on Earth played a game every season with giving you a finale that if the show didn't get brought back would not be a satisfying finale. Right. Even around this cancellation, there didn't seem to be a lot of hand wringing. Like Will Forte has been pretty quiet on Twitter. He's never been. He's not super active on it. Right. But there hasn't been this motion towards save the show from the cast really the way it was on Brooklyn Nine-Nine yeah. Yeah, um, right. and it reminds me of another show that got cancelled recently which was Ash vs. Evil Dead and within minutes of that cancellation notice going out there was a lot of oh Netflix could revive it and, oh you could do a movie and Bruce Campbell was like nope folks I'm retired as Ash yeah. it was a lot of fun see ya you know and and that struck me as until I saw the ending of Ash vs. Evil Dead, which I did finish watching the season, and I now understand why Bruce Campbell would feel like, you know what, if there, if there's ever a time to step away, did you see it? No, it, I haven't watched it. it. The, the third season really wraps up in a way that is, like, if you remember, the Evil Dead movies have always ended with like a scene that sets up like a, a potential 
storyline, yeah. but it ends on a kind of here we go again moment of yeah. wouldn't it be neat if Ash was in medieval times or wouldn't it be neat if Ash was in the future? This The show ends with the thing that you could say, oh, that totally sets up another season, but you could also say it's totally in the keeping of that uh, series to end with a scene that seems to be setting up something else. But that seems like something where I can see why everyone would walk away from it and be satisfied. Something like Last Man, I genuinely think there are character arcs and storylines that... It felt like they were building towards something with some of this stuff, and and almost like maybe they're resistant to try to get there. Yeah, are they like were the writers and the showrunners were they kind of playing a game with this game of chicken with Fox because that that show definitely was defiant about not seeming like it was really trying to oh, wrap absolutely. anything up yeah. at all. And in fact, the cliffhanger at the end of the fourth season was about as big of a question mark as we've had just because of what the implications of it would be. So yeah. so yeah, that's a show that I kind of want to see come back, even though I understand four seasons. Lucky to get it. Things go away. You know, I'm a fan of when things end, and and uh, I like things kind of ending on a good note. Letting things end is not is not the worst thing you can do. But right. but yeah, I'm not ready for Last Man to be gone. <laughs> I don't know if Brooklyn Nine Nine had an ongoing plot that really needed to be resolved. I don't think I've seen the finale for that. It's such an easy watch. Like it's it it's become like that. Yeah. That like very um, reliable show. Like, like Parks it, and Rec like, or The Office. Yeah, exactly. Mm. It's that show, and it's you know, there's no. It's the same producer, you know, like it's that, it, that, you know. Like it's smart enough to make you feel like you're not just watching like sitcom garbage yeah. in a way, but it's also sitcom-y enough to watch one episode and get a little yeah. story. And it know? completely turned me around on Andy Samberg. So that's really? a big oh, really? You didn't like him before? I mean, I liked him. Like, but I thought his thing was very... Comedic genius, Andy Samberg? <laughs> now I might yeah. discuss that with you, but I'm saying prior to that show... I kind of thought his the his whole thing was a little short for me, like mm. the, the the longevity of it. But um, I don't know. I, I love I love him on the show. I think he's great. I loved yeah. that uh, interrogation episode. I saw that one with Sterling K. Brown. Oh man, that 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 episode's amazing. Yeah, Sterling K. Brown, man. Yeah, Andy Samberg, uh, Andre Brower, and Shirley King Brown in like an inter- It's like the, in the entire episode. It's really? like the two cops are doing sort of a tag team interrogation, and they're constantly. You know, re, re reassessing what their best option is, and Andy Samberg is really trying to impress his boss. And yeah, it, it was it's good. good episode. It's good. But what I was going to say is, I do think that show kind of crystallizes something about Andy Samberg's shtick, if you will, that is um, makes it into as fully rounded of a character as it can be, while still yeah. being a ridiculous doofus yeah. character. Yeah. Like I like how that show. When I first started watching it, I thought he was going to be the kind of the more of the lead of it, but it's almost like. The joke of that character is that he would ever be the hero of anything, you know. But yeah. on a on a on a regular show, if you squint, he's the guy who seems like he would be the hero. Sure. But he's totally not. I think that's that's funny. So yeah. and also Terry Crews, you can never get too much so Terry Crews. The, the cast of that show is great. Yeah, and it's one of the the most diverse casts on TV. Represented, representation everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like so, that's why it's also an important show. I mean, it and it's 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 just a fun show. Um, the other one that I was reading a lot about recently was The Expanse. I mm-hmm. never watched that. Yeah, yeah. But that's on sci-fi, and apparently, like, there's a... They got canceled? There's a pretty massive online petition, like, oh, that's wow. directing, or that's really targeting Amazon mm-hmm. to try to pick this show up. But I've never heard... I've never seen it. I've heard about it, like, every season it's been on, which has only been a couple, right? Yeah. I just and, know the font and the post. I always remember the, like, seeing the... Yeah, I heard the second season is, like, stuff. really good. Really, really good. But I, I mean, I've been meaning to check it out because it seems like something I'd be into. I just, it's just one of those ones that fell. 
There's too much. The cracks. I feel like we say this every oh, time totally, TV comes right, up, totally. but like there's too much. And when I do finally settle on a show I'm going to watch, I sort of feel like it's the way you feel if you're reading a book. You're saying, okay, I know there's a lot of stuff I can do with my time, but this is, I'm committing to this yeah. thing right now and I'm going to pretend it's the only thing. Yeah. Um, you know, because you do have to sort of settle down, like especially with the binge option with so many things. You can kind of wait and then just. That's how I find that we're actually consuming more. Like Aaron and I, when we try to watch stuff, it's because we've been wanting to watch it and yeah. we just, like, okay, this week we're going to do this. Yeah. Like I finally watched Ozark and we yeah. watched it in like four days. Mm-hmm. Like that's it. We watched, Wild, uh, what's it called? Wild Wild Country. Mm-hmm. Two days. We watched that new series on Netflix, that Evil Genius mm-hmm. uh, Duplass. Very good. Um, two nights. Like it's like, like that's how she and I are yeah. watching. I watch some of the shows by myself the way, you know, when I can. Yeah. But like the ones that we really wanted to watch, like the binge mode is like the, it's yeah. the default for us mm-hmm. now. Just Have because you AP bio. Yeah. I like that show a lot. So good. Did, did that get canceled? I hope not. I no, think it's on the bubble. No, right? I think it got, I th- oh, did it get picked up? I know. I, it's, oh, I, know I think it's I, cool. I saw something with second season in the in the headline. Like like why it deserves a second season? Maybe. I read that article. Oh, if that's what you're thinking about. That, that is probably what I it's saw. It's so good. I like uh, American House. No, I want success for him, but I'm always afraid when, like I'm afraid that means he's definitely gone from It's Always Sunny because they ended the last season of It's Always Sunny with Yeah. with his character leaving mm-hmm. with Dennis <laughs> to be with like his son. Like he finally decided <laughs> He, it was funny for him to be the one to finally say, I can't take this anymore to everybody else. Oh, God. But I, I, why do I feel like he's going to like murder that woman and that child and come back to the, to the bar <laughs> or something? But no, I, they, then they were vague about whether he was actually leaving the show. You know, They said he might not be on the next season. Right. And I didn't know if that was just showmanship around having a plot line or if that's actually the case that he might be willing to step away. It did renew it. You're right. It did. You know what's strange about that show? It could if they if they changed his character slightly, it could be, still be in the world of it's always sunny. It's such a weird. No, I when I I saw it could be, this show could be him leaving. That's left. what I'm saying. Like yeah. theorizing that he's like it's so, taking on a new identity and yeah. I saw a lot yeah. of about that. <laughs> what they need to do is just throw in a hint or a clue every now and then and, yeah. and not not go much beyond that. I just it. love when he he has a chalkboard and he talks about crushing Whoever he... Like he just like flips through a book and you <laughs> yeah. see like some note about the dentist system and just yeah. in passing. Yeah. Like, <laughs> they should definitely do Some eagle like eye that. viewers in a screen cap. That would be hilarious. That show is actually very funny. The kids it's, in the show are great in the class. So funny, and man. the teacher in the teacher faculty room, all yeah. those mm-hmm. scenes, are the, the three, uh, the the women teacher, the it was history, yes. uh, uh, sex ed and art teacher <laughs> yeah. or whatever. Those three are they're hilarious. I really I want the nerdy I really want the nerdy girl in the, the, the Oh I uh, want them to work what's out. his name? Um the dude that sits in the back. Yeah. I want them to work so bad. Who got stuck in the class, who's not in A P bio. <laughs> yes. I yeah. want them to work so bad. She's hilarious. She is Incre- Have you watched the whole season? Yeah. Okay, this episode where she brings in the pig. Yes. From her dad's butcher shop. <laughs> so what's up, boss? <laughs> just the way she talks to him is great. Now that's good. I'm happy now that I you you just corrected me. I'm glad that it's yeah you know, coming that's back cool. to that's season good to hear. two. That's um, a good show. Yeah, man. We'll see. Well, speaking of hilarious shows with a season two, check this segue out. Atlanta. Mm. Oh. Man, with Donald Glover like having this moment. So yeah, let's talk a little bit about Atlanta. Let's talk about Donald Glover. Let's talk about Childish Gambino. Let's yeah. talk about Lando. What's yeah. going on? Well, I'll I'll preface it with this. I think that proof of whatever Donald Glover has kind of started about a like right when Atlanta came out. Um, didn't he win an award? He won an award. He won an Emmy. He won an Emmy when he was on stage 
he said that he listened to Migos Bad and Bougie. Yes. The sales went up. People knew who Migos were. And for some reason, people didn't catch on to the fact that, like, Donald has something. He has some sort of thing about him. Like, people listen to him. People like what he represents. Um, I just don't like this whole, like, Christopher Columbus thing of, like, who is this childish Gambino man that's existed? It it makes me feel weird because he's been around for, like... You mean that people are just figuring out? Yeah. Okay. Like, is, is it that people are just figuring that? out that Childish Gambino exists, or they're just figuring out that Childish Gambino is that guy? Because I I've seen both reactions. Yeah. And I don't understand how both. anyone could know who Childish Gambino is and not know that it's Donald Glover. But yeah. that's just because he was already he was I knew him as a comedian yeah. and a sketch actor and a YouTube. I mean, I knew him from that in Community before yeah. I knew about the the music. So I guess what I'm saying is it's hard for me not to see Childish Gambino through the filter of oh that comedian. Who it was? Who has a musical career, yeah. and that then becomes more legitimate the more you listen to it. But you know yeah. that first thought you have when it feels like a vanity feels project jokey. or something. Yeah, yeah. And I think there's a danger when you're doing a lot like he is that it could seem like you're this kind of. He used to tour, do stand up, and rap. He yeah, did that at, for like, at the show. At the at show. show. Yeah, he yeah. Used to, he did that for like two three years, like wow. which it, which is a strange thing, but. He's I don't always, always I don't always respond like on the emotional level to like you know his stand up his his music I can kind right. of appreciate it but there's no denying that there's like a commitment to a kind of excellence or a, or a level of detail or a level of thought that is going into all this stuff and sometimes it's almost like too much for me when someone has that level of like thought intense, going into what they're doing because it almost feels like I mean, it's like down to like the facial expressions he's making in the video and yeah. the performance on SNL. I don't know if you guys saw that, yeah, but it was it was very much geared towards a similar thing. In fact, I think the performance of that song on SNL may have been like visually more impressive because with the camera work and the right, lighting right, and right. stuff, it was something I don't think I'd seen on that show before. Yeah. But it feels like when the when the song ends and the crowd erupts, he goes dead. You know what I mean? Like there's something so manipulated and yeah. so deliberate and so I don't want to say like it's not artificial but it's so intentional and I feel like there's a distance between between me and him it's like an actor giving a great performance yeah. and then you see them like go and they, they wipe the tears from their face and you're sort of like oh you did all that and you were just turning something on yeah, and yeah. so I don't know who Donald Glover is and I don't know if he's enjoying himself he seems to be enjoying himself some of the time and then he seems to not be some of the time I've heard him say things that could be taken as extremely egotistical but then he does the work that sort of backs it up yeah like and him it's, being good at everything yeah that, have you heard what's that? up with that, Steve, how, that why Steve? is he good at everything Steve like he'll <laughs> talk like they asked him he's just like you know, how did you figure out that you were good at every all these things that you're good at? He's like, there aren't very many things that I've done that I've been bad at. And he just left. It was not a joke. It wasn't yeah. like a... He was like, basketball, I'm pretty decent at that. I'm good enough at this. Yeah. And I just do it. And and I think... Well, there's no doubt he's super confident. But yeah. like you said, like he... <laughs> yeah. You know, you can look at that yeah. as, as egotistical, but... When you then watch what he does, you're like, "Well, he is very good at that." Yeah, right. right. You're like, so maybe that's not con- maybe that's not like cocky at all. That's just like yeah. pride in what you're doing. It's a veneer, maybe that you have to have yeah. when you're that guy and you're going to be asked all these questions, and you really do want the work to speak for itself on some level. I saw someone on Twitter the other day say Donald Glover walks up and says, "Hey," and someone says, "The H in Hey stands for Harriet Tubman." I you know, saw that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah. I do think, and I'm not saying that you can't 
unpack a lot of stuff in that this is America video, but I do think it's meant to be received as a kind of a blast. Oh, yeah. And it's weird to see that our culture is in this zone where it's like a day later that people have already picked it apart and having all these conversations. I don't know that, I don't know that yeah. you can have that conversation right away about, no. about a work of art. And I, I think we want to re- process things too quickly now. He's refusing to even answer questions about it at this yeah, point. Yeah, I was going to just yeah. say that. I've watched Which a bunch really of cool. the solo junket interviews yeah, and the people that are bringing so it up. Cool, like man. He's acknowledging what they're right, asking, right, right. but he's basically like, I, yeah. you know, I didn't put that out there to discuss it. Like, yeah. I put it out there for it to be discussed. I don't yeah. want to tell you what I think about it. Like, people need to talk about what they think about it. And he's had moments that were kind of like random, like that. Like a couple years ago, before Insecure became a thing, and Issa Rae was doing Awkward Black Girl, mm-hmm. he was on the season finale, series finale of that, and just kind of showed up. And this was like before Donald Donald Glover was really like big. But you could feel that if everybody noticed how talented he was, it would become a thing. Like, you know, it was like, it was always that conversation that people would have that listened to him. Like, have you heard Childish Gambino? It's crazy. But I think that, I mean, I think we can all kind of agree, maybe one of the points that kind of where kind of intersected and became like a legitimate thing for everybody was get out. What, there was a moment, I mean, because it, it, it legitimized his music. It was a horror film that had this, like, political feel to it. I think that's the first time that I think that a great song from him and a very public, right. popular thing, it was the first time that <clears throat> it had hit the surface in a way that people that were fans of him for a really long time were mm-hmm. like, oh, shit, this is a thing. Yeah. So every time you watch that movie now and forever, we'll always have that. I can't think about that song without Get Out anymore. Mm-hmm. And I and I loved that song before that. I was wow. obsessed with Redbone before that. But when you when I hear it and I'm like, Get Out. Yeah. I'm going to get <laughs> on to the sunken place. It's, it's really cool. It's man. interesting, too. Like I feel like there was a moment, not that this movie means anything mm-hmm. in any way, like what he's putting out there now means. But when he was cast in the sequel to Magic Mike... There was a uh, lot yes. of talk about like, oh wow, Donald Glover's in yeah. a pretty big movie, yeah. and like in the movie he sings, and he's got a really great scene where mm-hmm. he's like just a guy, like doing his thing, serenading someone, yeah. and it kind of overshadows a lot of the other huge yeah, a lot of star people power about that scene. in the movie, and it was a, it, not anywhere near the moments yeah. that we're talking about in The Martian too. Yeah, just yeah. like yeah. a very familiar face who is very well respected and very popular. Getting into some pretty big movies yeah. and like getting into the bigger audiences, like getting into theaters, like wide release films. Spider Man. I didn't even think about Spider Man. Right. It's just weird things like that. He's yeah. popping up everywhere. And now it's like he's really done this very, uh, like very specific thing, you know, or him or his team or whatever that, yeah. that work behind the scenes is. It's like where these, like, he's covered a lot of bases, like what yeah. in different forms of art. TV, movies, music, what stand-up comedy, that like it's come to a moment like now where he is like the person right now, yeah. like mm-hmm. in, in all those mediums. Yeah. So it's like interesting to see how you could look at what he's done over the last four or five years and see how it's kind of, you know, informed where he is right now and like yeah. how it's been earned. You know, like he's a- he's able to say what he wants to say or make what he wants to make or be in movies like Solo and Lion King next year yeah. and and still do a show like Atlanta, 
and drop the biggest music video of the year. You know, it's yeah. it's crazy that that's one person. Yeah. You know, in the and that he's it. not like fucking any aspect of this up right yeah. now. Right. There were several events that affected everything that happened. The thing that happened with Trump and Iran and all that stuff happened. Kanye West kind of going off the rails, and he's a hero to a lot of people, right? Yeah. He's saying all these things. Slavery was a choice, and people are furious. And then out of the woodwork, somebody's just saying the opposite thing. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it doesn't even take a political statement. Sometimes it takes Trump being who Trump is, Kanye being who's who Kanye is. And I don't think this is like a permanent state for Kanye. Let me just say that too. I think I think that what. I think there's a bigger issue that I think that people aren't addressing. This man has some mental issues, and the things that we're getting angry at are offshoot of that. Mm -hmm. So it's like if if you have a, a a dog or a cat with a bleeding leg and cat's bleeding all over the place, and you're like, man, you know what's crazy? All that noise that cat keeps making. When you're not looking at the fact that the cat is bleeding, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's it's like. I'm not to compare it to an animal, but like, that's what's happening. So this man saying all these like rapid fire weird things, and then for Donald Glover to have something that feels the total opposite of Trump, the total opposite of Kanye West, the total opposite of whatever music is this drug induced opiate sort of culture where mm -hmm. like people are talking about popping mollies so much in music. And R and B songs, and it's 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 just good to hear something that feels a little different. Mm -hmm. So that's why it's being made into something bigger than. I mean, it, it is bigger because it is counterculture. Yeah, counterculture is always going to be bigger than. It could be about anything. He could have a water bottle doing "This Is America," and it would have been so different than everything that's happening. In the moment when Kanye was self-combusting <laughs> donald glover got to like a arrive as the yeah. anti-kanye you know it did man. somebody with some substance who wasn't mm -hmm. saying a bunch of shit every time they turned around that that mm -hmm. made people want to burn their records yeah. you know that made fans want to step back so Ain't no that, that is kind of interesting because i i'm loath to connect those two figures in our culture but i i think you might be right that like the week that he was on snl in particular that was, was the week when everybody was talking about what kanye was saying and so yeah. it really was like Every now and then, that the stars do align in that way. Because it started, it started that whole conversation about slavery and of all, like how many conversations could we have about that? And he had a the shittiest, mm -hmm. and then he he showed up on TMZ. Yeah, I thought he was. I thought the interview that he had prior to that was perfect. I'm like, this is a good. Just be quiet. Be quiet. And then he's like, you know what? <laughs> I mean, and people. <laughs> The the issue with all of this stuff, and it's kind of a blanket thing too, is our culture has trained us to talk in tweets. So you have these un unrealistic, un like underdeveloped sort of ideas that people say. Yeah. Like it, it's everybody talks like that now. Everybody speaks like that just because it's like headline culture now. So it's it's good. It's good that it's happening, and I and I want the momentum to fin uh, continue. It seems like it's going to. I don't think once this freight train to Donald Glover start, I don't think we could stop it. Um, well, I think it's interesting. Like today, Kathleen Kennedy said that you know uh, over at Lucasfilm said mm -hmm. that a Lando film is is probably the next Get standalone the film that here. they would make. Jesus, you know. So they're trying to like. It's not what? just that he's in this movie in a role that everyone's kind of dying to see him in, 
uh, it's that this role meant a lot to him. I don't know if you've heard him speak about yeah, how important yeah, he said it, was it was. His to, first toy, and you kind of don't want a guy like this to be tied up in franchises forever. But yeah. if there's a character that he seems like he's kind of meant it's to play, so it's like past. I don't know, man. This prequel thing is so nuts. It yeah. is nuts. Let's see if this movie <laughs> carves nuts. out a space to be its own thing. That's what yeah. I'm really curious about. I don't want it to just be how how Han got his vest, you know. I want it to be an right. actual an actual story, so we'll All see. Right. But well, guys, I guess that kind of wraps up our our first portion of the show. This is where a, a professional podcaster would say something like, "We're going to take a little break, and we'll be back to talk about uh, Avengers: Infinity War." As the music swells up under these words that I'm saying right uh, now, does it excite you, Ronald? I'm I'm super excited. I hope someone out there is still excited to to hear anybody talk about Infinity War. <laughs> I mean, it's it's good because we we can step back and and you know I feel like people were talking in this hyperbole when it first came out. It's like you're the greatest movie I've ever done. Like I heard a lot of that. Well, I heard a lot of the and then kind of died down. I would say it goes in both directions. Yeah. There's a lot of greatest movie ever. And there's a lot of I'm so mad, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of this is stupid, and there's right. you know. A lot of people had a lot of strong reactions, but I guess that is true. We can kind of we can kind of take the long view now. What are your impressions, Steve, of Marvel's Avengers: Infinity War? <laughs> Infinity War. Um, I, I mean, I loved it. Yeah. Um, I I, I really am loved. sad. I did. Yeah. I'm really sad that I haven't been able to see it a second time to really kind of solidify that reaction. I mean, I was able to see it at a pre- earlier press screening. Mm-hmm. So um, I felt very fortunate to kind of see it, but then it sucked not being able to talk to people about it for a little bit. So right. there's been a weird processing of the movie for me because like I I didn't really get to discuss it immediately <clears throat> without spoiling stuff. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. The more I think about it, I just um, I think they, I think the Russo brothers, who I've completely put my trust in since the other films that they've been involved with with the MCU. Um, did an amazing job. I think that the way they were able to balance um, the largest collection of major characters ever put on a movie screen was mm-hmm. like nothing short of just magic to me. Um, I think there was a lot of nice surprises in the movie, not just in what happens per se, but mm-hmm. like in terms of which characters were way more important to the story than I thought they'd be, mm-hmm. or that really even were tipped towards being in other films mm-hmm. um specifically like doctor strange and like the guardians oh, yeah, and things yeah. like that like um i was very surprised how important they were to this first half of this you know this, this last set of films for the avengers stories but um i don't know man i just i just walked out of the theater just thinking most if not all of the concerns i had or that i feel that we've discussed a lot on this podcast i really genuinely felt like they managed to handle them in some of the best possible ways they could have. Mm-hmm. I mean, we talked not, you know, not too long ago, um, maybe when it was when Thor came out or Black Panther, um, about like, how were they going to get us to the Thanos point, you know, like in this movie when he really wasn't like too involved in a lot of the other MCU films outside of like a little tease here and there. Mm-hmm. But um, I was very impressed with how, well Thanos was introduced in the film mm. and by the end of the movie how much that character managed to do 
in you know a two and a half hour movie because mm-hmm. um, it really is his movie you know it really is a sto- his story this first part is his story and uh, that kind of surprised me actually well they kept saying that but you didn't like the Russo yeah. brothers and Kevin Feige like you would hear them say that but you always wonder they say a lot of things in the run up to these movies that is is partially true but also partially hype yeah and and it, so so yeah you didn't really know how much they were actually willing to make this into a movie about. Thanos and and especially in a in a franchise where the villains have often been kind of underdeveloped. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah, I think you actually said that you've kind of just trusted that that it would come. You know, yeah, in the movie. Like and I was I was questioning it, it a little I bit felt. more than that. But that it, I still felt the same way. That was the big that was the big find and when I mean, you saw this movie was is Thanos going to come off as a character at all? Right. And then from the first set of scenes is like you know you literally are jumping into a scene that was a post credit scene from Thor Ragnarok, mm-hmm. and in the moment right there you you get this character and like in the first five minutes I'm like absolutely interested in this character. Yeah. Which is inc- it's crazy that that worked. Uh, and a big part of what makes it work is other things happening in that scene. Mm-hmm. You know, the the newfound love for the Thor character makes that scene work. Yeah, Thor and Loki's relationship makes that scene work. Mm-hmm. You know, the Hulk's presence makes that scene. And mm-hmm. Thanos really benefits from all that other stuff working to help his big first scene in the MCU be very good. Yeah. yeah. If not great. I mean, like, you know... And from that point, for me, I was all in on wanting to know more about what his plan was, why he wanted to do this. And, you know, and again, I say it every time we talk about these comic movies, but to me, this is a really important point. I do not know these stories. I have not read these comics. I do not, I do not go out and read the articles I see pop up all day. What's the deal with Thanos? You know, yeah. like, or, you know, what's his backstory? What's, wh- yeah. who's, uh, what is it called? Like the Black Order or what, what his like little crew of people? Yeah. Something like that. Like, who is that? Who are they? We're off book at this point. That's yeah. fine. These movies are off book. That's fine. They, they pull a little of inspiration, maybe a title, <laughs> maybe a couple of characters that work together, and then the rest is all the movies. So I would just say that you're not missing anything by not knowing the comics, I don't think, at this point. The only thing you might miss is the dubious pleasure of the little tease of like who might be coming Another next yeah, or yeah, like yeah. an insignia yeah. or like a mention of something but I don't think you're missing much. I think these movies trade on you having been devoted to watching this franchise. The and I MCU. think that's what the Infinity War does so well right. is be like people keep saying it's like a television show and there's some truth to that that these it's a continuing thing. You want to see the next one, you know the next one's coming. One ends and you're already thinking about the next one. Right. And this felt like a season finale, kind of. Yeah. But it's also just more like comic books. Comics do this. You know, comics oh, yeah. have the big yeah. team-up episode or team-up issue, and they're not always the best story. Sometimes it's really just seeing the characters interact. It's more about that than it is about believing, like, oh, you know that threat that was the worst threat ever? Well, this threat is that threat plus one. You know, I mean, it's like it's always a little bit worse than last time. Yeah. The movies kind of have that trajectory, but they haven't done this yet. The comics have done it a countless number of times, but the movies haven't done it yet where you say, here's the biggest threat. We're going to sell you on how big this threat is. We're going to show you that the heroes don't have what it takes. I mean, you can't do that without the without like the work of all these other movies laying yeah. the groundwork. But I agree with you, Steve. This movie did a brilliant job of, of just juggling all that stuff, yeah. of making you feel like you saw a Guardians movie and an Avengers movie that kind of crashed into each other, and then Thanos, you know... I'm not going to get too much into spoilers, but it, it is a villain story as yeah. much as it is a hero story in this movie. And what the heroes do normally doesn't work out for them as well in this movie. And it is the story of failing and and how it feels to kind of marinate in that moment of 
what if the bad guys have the upper hand? You know, um, it's a continuing story. We're invested in these characters. And that's what I'm invested in is, is, is the MCU story. But I only make the comment about the not comic stuff because mm. I go into the movie not thinking about any of that yeah. stuff. Right. You know, just like somebody who read the book for Ready Player One goes into that movie thinking, oh, how does this compare? Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't, and I went in and I really enjoyed that movie. Yeah. But I can respect the concerns or the criticisms much like I can for this if you want to pick apart how this is different than whatever story it may have yeah. you know, used from the comics. But I have none of that. Yeah, it's not so, very I mean, interesting. All I've, <laughs> all I've bought into and really care about is what I've seen of these characters and these stories through these 19 films. Mm-hmm. And and for the most part, I'm all in on these stories. Like I, I either very much like or love most of these movies in mm-hmm. the MCU. And especially this last like Thor, Spider-Man, Black Panther... Avengers Infinity War, Civil War. You know, like, that's a pretty fucking good run. Yeah. You know, so I, I've been very into it, very pumped for it. And I just think that, like, they just just, just such amazing work of reminding you of, uh, of the importance of all of these characters that are showing up on the screen. Because, like, you know, in a Civil War film, it's a Captain America movie, so there's a lot of Captain America and there's a lot of Iron Man. And, you know, you a Guardians movie. It's, a, it's, it's all Guardians. You know what I'm saying? Like, you have the standalone films, but when you all come together, some of these other Avengers films, and granted, I, like, I didn't really like Age of Ultron much at all. Mm-hmm. Like, they don't do a great job of reminding you of why each of these characters are very special. Yeah. And, you know, the fact that Thor comes back into this movie and pretty much almost steals the movie in yeah. some ways. Or you could make an argument for the Guardians doing the same. Mm-hmm. You know, that's crazy, crazy good stuff. Yeah. That somebody could have a different take on who the best part of this movie was. Because when there's not a unanimous decision about that, it's to me, that sounds like a huge success. Yeah. Because you've played everybody like a fiddle almost. The fact that you're playing to somebody who likes the comedic stuff, so they're going to fucking love the Thor and the Guardians stuff. Mm-hmm. Or they're going to love the Iron Man stuff because, like, oh my God, is Tony, like, going to die? Or, or whatever it might be. Right. It's just they really did a good job of, like, reminding every... And, and even, like, it happening in Wakanda. You know, talking about people that love the Black Panther film, and it's great, and seeing those characters again... These are huge things happening that remind you of why you care so much about the characters. Mm-hmm. And the way the film handles the ending, which we'll talk about in a bit, I'm sure, you know, I think it's just a reminder of where these characters are, why they're so special to the world that they're in, but also to us as a movie-going yeah. public, and um, and what that means when they're not around anymore. Mm-hmm. And that is why I responded so in the way that I did to the movie, and I, t- I totally loved it. I think you're right about the the kind of surprises in the film, too. The fact that it's not just that Thor, who got kind of resuscitated as like a comedic character in Ragnarok, yeah. and the Guardians have this great interaction, and they're kind of a comedic group of characters, but that you also get, and this is where maybe the having enjoyed the comics as a kid really comes in, is just the sort of charge I get from the fact that, not so much a specific moment that's replicated, okay. but the fact that they spent time in this big blockbuster giving an emotionally resonant moment to Rocket Raccoon trying to comfort Thor. Yeah, It's like it's a little moment. It's got some jokes. It's it's not a huge part of the story, but when you look at the emotional undercurrent of that scene, it's so serious. It's it's not treated as a joke. Yeah. It's, you know what I mean? Like yeah, what totally. Thor is going through is very real, and Rocket is genuinely trying to sort of help in some strange way. And you look at both of them, and you look at what we know about them from the previous movies, and you go, okay, that's growth for both of these characters. Yeah. And it's conveyed, as yeah. you said... 
in a moment that's got humor, it's got pathos, it calls back to the last movie, it sets up a couple of things that get said, actually set up part of the story that's very important that you need to understand. There's a lot of heavy lifting. Almost every exchange in this movie is serving all those purposes. It's like developing a character, fulfilling some kind of arc, maybe making you laugh, explaining some plot point, paying off something that's been building since... Tony Stark first appeared yeah. on screen in yeah. 2008. Somehow they managed to do all that without feeling like a joyless enterprise that has been crafted to within an inch of its life. It still has moments of surprise. It has moments that feels like if it feels to me like the people who were writing this movie surprised themselves when they were writing it with who ends up with who and who ends up helping who. We've said all along these movies are the reason people respond to them is because they're made well. Yeah. This is sort of the culmination of all that, of all that goodwill you have from all those other movies. And I don't think they I don't think they bungled it, you know? And it yeah. could have so easily been overstuffed or seemed boring. And I have heard some people have those complaints. I was bored for like 10, 15 minutes of it. Like mm-hmm. legitimately bored. Uh, but that's not to say that this wasn't a great movie. I didn't love it. Mm-hmm. I thought it was really good, though. I think that... I don't think that anybody could have pulled it off besides the Russo brothers. I think there's something really important about... You know, my complaint about all these movies is that there were no stakes. Mm -hmm. It feels a little crazy that it went from no stakes to all of the stakes, (laughs) which feels a little crazy in terms of pacing of all of the stories combined. Um, But I do like what it's doing in that um, if, if if we're counting this phase and Black Panther is a part of it, that it's the first of the beginning of stories having some depth in stakes real stakes now Mm -hmm. i feel like everything after this point has to have real stakes it can't just be like an hour and a half of you know fluff 19 movies in that has to have that has to have something well you can't have this movie and not have the stakes you know what i mean you can't get everybody together and have it be just like all the others in general with super people with superpowers i mean if we were talking about like something that where people could not didn't have the ability to destroy each other Mm -hmm. and then it not have happened i'd be like okay but these are like superheroes and comics as i know them prior to these movies people got beat up yeah people got people went away Mm mm-hmm you know what I mean? See, I think so, they have been doing that. I know you and I differ on this. They have had people getting beat up, and they have had like people like, going away for a movie or two, and you wonder what's up with that character. To me, that is what these stories are, though. Like, yeah. if they'd killed these characters, they wouldn't have them around for this yeah. big moment, you know? I don't know. To me, I, th- I, I just will go down fighting with that notion that death is the most interesting thing that can happen. The one thing that isn't quite true is that the plan has been in place and that each of these 19 movies has actually been an important part of to the story that, that got yeah, us here. That I, I agree with weird. you 100% that it is a little bit like when they ramp up to Thanos, it's like yeah. a tease here, a scene there. That's what I'm kind of And then suddenly at. he's here and it's like, oh, yeah. it's on. It's like there yeah. wasn't really a... They didn't really build sh- Thanos up I, over 19 movies. I don't want to shit on their whole 19 movies. That's what I mean, though. Yeah. Like the idea that like... Like, I think that a lot of it is put on by people that watch it. They're like, it's been building to this stuff. No, it's actually been building in the past, like, six or seven movies, which is great. Yeah. And I think that this feels... So one of the things that I will say, even though I did not like this movie as much as I thought I would, is we are looking at the best villain to be in any of those movies, Mm -hmm. period. I mean, besides Killmonger, it's crazy that Killmonger to me and Thanos... But Thanos is probably the best villain that I've seen in the Marvel world. And that 
and and the reason I say that is for someone's motivations to be kind of explained the way that they were, mm-hmm. even if you don't agree with them, even if they seem a little loopy, right. you shouldn't we've agree never, with them. We've never <laughs> literally watched a movie prior to this, I'd say besides Black Panther, where a guy legitimately explained, like, this is bothering me, mm-hmm. this is a thing, and I want to get rid of these people. Yep. Because, let, I mean, you know, that, that's, that's incredible. We had never literally seen that. I mean, Guardians 2. I'll give mm-hmm. Guardians 2. Guardians 2 had that. No, that was a, the Ego was a good villain. Yeah, Ego yeah. was a great villain. Um, but in terms of just somebody mapping out their planet and you being like, all right, I don't agree with this. Mm-hmm. I don't know what this is. He was fucking amazing, man. I I have to say that I thought him mm-hmm. the villain. I didn't love the story. I thought he was incredible. Every scene yeah. he had, he stole. If and and I thought that I thought I was afraid of, you know, because he was such a stoic character and everything that I've read. I thought that he'd just be kind of spouting things. Mm-hmm. He emoted in scenes before any of the stuff happened with like his daughter and all that stuff. He had this this thing about him, man, mm-hmm. like that felt like. Oh fuck! Like it felt scary. It felt daunting. Mm-hmm. And every villain, I, I had almost every villain I've seen in the Marvel universe didn't feel like that. I felt that sense of dread with Killmonger. Like I felt like, oh man, like oh he's here. He's making me uncomfortable. He's gonna kill this dude. Mm-hmm. I never felt that before. And Thanos felt like that. And and I knew that it was supposed to be like that. Right. But that doesn't necessarily mean it would succeed. And it succeeded in a way that I... Look, I'm telling you, man, I've never seen a movie that felt like a guy coming into a room. The only person I felt like that really was Terminator. Mm-hmm. The first one. You know when he was like kind of ripping through and he felt like a villain. He felt like right. a real dread. There was a sense of dread before he even did anything. Well, I would say Darth Vader when I was a kid. Oh, had Darth that feel, Vader. Like, Darth the way Vader. when he comes in, you yeah. feel like everybody yeah. in there is, is like, oh, shit. Yeah, you and know? it felt like that when he was, every time he came on the screen, it was like, mm-hmm. fuck, he is going to destroy these people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you were talking about being bored for a stretch of it. I would like to know, what were some of the moments that dragged for you some, or the stuff that just didn't engage you? Some of the things that didn't engage me were kind of... I I liked the cuts from place to place. Yeah. But some of that felt a little like the big slapping up of the name uh, from mm-hmm. place to place. That felt a little like felt like there could have been a better way to do really? that. Yeah, I didn't like that at all, man. See, I liked that. I, I thought liked, that was great. I did not like that Because each time all. it did it, it felt to me like I was settling in for another piece of the story yeah, that I was excited I to see, you know? Like, and it almost made it, it made the, it, to me, it made the story feel smaller that eventually you're looking at like two locations where things are happening simultaneously that like could determine the fate of something major. Mm-hmm. If, where other, I know what you're getting at though, because there have been films that yeah. it's bothered me like it sounds like it bothered you, bothered where they up. just jump around from like locale to locale. Like, you, do you remember the movie no, that, that we all felt li- that way about? What the, was the it? The first part of Rogue One. Yes. Like the first yeah. half hour or so That's of Rogue One, a scene ends and it just cuts to another yeah. planet, yes. then a scene ends and it cuts to another, and at some point you're That's like, what it was. you're like, what is the, what What do I care about here? Yeah. Why does this, the, why did it have to happen on this planet? To, to me, I kind of felt like the places were so distinct enough that you didn't have to slap it on there. Like you didn't have to tell, you didn't have to say in bold. You're just di- saying like the like just the yeah. visual statement and sometimes of where the you transitions are. between those scenes sometimes felt a little dry. Mm-hmm. In a movie this long that has this many characters, that would be the piece where 
that would be up for debate. Like, do you yeah. like the way it moves between these storylines? I'd say the middle of the movie is when I felt like I was like legitimately kind of feeling weird about it. Mm-hmm. But the part that that Steve kind of was describing when it all kind of came together, and you're like, okay, all right, this makes sense. That like, like when Titan and Wakanda. Yeah, you know? I'm like, okay, this is all kind of this. This is shooting towards this yeah. thing. This person's yeah. here. Yeah. I'm like, all right, this all makes sense. But the middle of it didn't quite feel as good as I wanted it to. Mm-hmm. But that also might take, like I said, this is pacing. This is all, this is kind of historical. It may literally have to do with the idea that I just watched a movie that felt almost perfect in Black Panther. Mm-hmm. Going from that and then being rushed to watch this movie felt frantic to me in a way that I didn't want to feel. And, and I wouldn't have felt it. If it was pushed two more months, two more months, and I would have been like, it affected the way I looked at that movie. I'm telling you, if we had this conversation two months, like two months after that original date Mm -hmm. that it was supposed to come on, you would have had a different Ronald, a different energy about it. It felt very weird, Hmm. man. It it did. Did it feel so like? I guess what uh, how do I even if it was like it, well I'm, no I'm curious like what felt weird in the wake of Black Panther it's like, just it didn't have enough time to breathe I'm talking about the momentum of the movie just the story the feeling the story where it fit in the world didn't feel like enough time passed I'm talking about for us yeah. not even in the world because I love the way it, it yeah. took place I'm talking about in our real world. To transition to this huge thing that felt like it felt too much, like it was too soon. I hadn't, I haven't even digested. I literally hadn't digested Black Panther. It didn't come out on DVD yet. <laughs> yeah, get the fuck out of here. What's a DVD? Is it like a VHS? <laughs> <I'm sure>. <laughs> <laughs> can you watch them in a VHS player? I, I think you can. At this point, you, I think you just spin it and put a. It's on. interesting. <laughs> the, I was curious what you were saying about the Black Panther piece, only because like. One of the things, and it's not really something that took me out of the movie at all, but one of the things that kind of felt obvious to me mm-hmm. was that this started filming after Black Panther stopped filming. So I don't think they knew like what they yeah. had quite yet yeah. with yeah. Black it, Panther. It would have been framed differently. It's just something, I just feel like there may have been some tweaks about like how present he was in the film. Mm-hmm. I think they probably did a good job of being clever enough to say, well, let's th- make this reference to what happened in Black Panther, how Wakanda is now open to the world. Right. Let's throw this character yeah, oh, in that sure. we know people like. Yeah. Sure. But they didn't know yet. Like They knew, peop- they knew what was going to happen in the movie. Right. They didn't know what was going to happen in the world that received the movie. Exactly. Right. And I felt like, I wondered watching it if, if someone had gone into like the editing bay and said, any footage you yeah. have of M'Baku <laughs> yeah. or Okoye, uh, like... Put it in the movie, you know? Put it all in there. Um, because we want this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, it's not a Black Panther movie, so it didn't have as much time to go into that world. Right. And as far as featuring Wakanda and making it seem like an important place and these characters seem cool, that part was all there. They've gotten now this world where they yeah. can just have a character go to another character's world and knock on the door, and, and that merging feels right. It feels mm-hmm, appropriate. Yeah. Um, that's what they couldn't have done in the first movie. Yeah. That's what DC tried to do, you know? Yeah. But you know one thing that I did not think about, that if they're smart about it, they'll kind of act on it. The idea of the Avengers becoming what the Avengers were kind of in the comic is like this, this, it was static every once in a while, but it could always change. Mm -hmm. Especially if the Fox stuff comes in. I mean, it'd be nice if 
you know, Tony Stark is like, I'm I'm feeling really tired today. Yeah. Come on, Wolverine, or come on, Spider Man, or like I like. You should be writing the dialogue. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Come on. I'm really tired. Come on. This is good shit right here. (laughs) I'm tired. No, no, I'm just saying in life I'm tired. tired. (laughs) Come on. Well, I think we're kind of skating around this issue of what the ending was and what Mm. how this movie left people feeling. So let's uh, let's. I don't know if there's anybody listening to this who hasn't already seen Infinity War that wants to see it, but now's the time. Mm, We're about mm, to get mm. into the kind of spoilery part because I don't think you can talk about this movie without talking about how it tries to end and how it tries to set up whatever the next part of the story would be. Mm-hmm. And I guess a quick question I would have for you guys as we get into that is just, on the subject of the ending, do you feel that this movie existed on its own terms? Like when the credits rolled, did you feel like that was a movie? Or did you feel like that was part one of a movie? It felt like part one. But if it were to end there, Look, here's pretty my... ballsy if that's where it was going to end, and we know that's not where it's yeah. going to end. So it's almost like we're at an advantage. Marvel's at a disadvantage; they can't pretend this is the end. Yeah. You know, even for yeah. a minute, we already know what's queued up. But it, I think we are supposed to hang out in that moment as though this for a good amount of time, as though we're not really sure what's going to happen yeah. next, and we aren't really sure what's going to happen next. We just know we we might imagine the broad outline of what could happen next. Yeah, and the cultural impact is pretty big. So you know, we we t- we talk about the sunken place. And I think in the Avengers world, there's something that's become equally as great. The finger snap in the fade. Yeah. And there's something about it. It is literally leaking into everything. Oh, no. Every, yes. Everything. To, even the shows we talked about earlier are getting canceled. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You yes. see all the memes of characters yeah, man. You know, turning to dust. I feel like that's what this type of movie does. When it when it hits, if, it, if it's firing on all pistons and it comes out, it is going to have something that's going to spill over into just the public yeah. consciousness. And people kind of need to it's a good comment sign. on it and, and remark about it. What do you think, Steve? Do you think the ending felt like an ending or do you think it felt like a to be continued? <laughs> It's so hard to answer. I mean, because like you you hit on, on the head when you're like they're at a disadvantage because they they initially invent announced them as part one and part two. Yeah. So like there was like this state of like this is half of a movie kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But then when they try to like fix that by saying, oh no, this is its own movie and the next Avengers movie will be out next year. I mean, honestly, like if when I look at this movie as, like I said earlier, like this is a a, a villain story. This is Thanos' film. I actually watch this movie as like I can say I I could I could take that as his own movie. Yeah, yeah. you know he gets yeah. the moment at the end. You know he gets the smile on his face he really when does. you go to black. Yep, and it yeah. says Thanos will return. It says yeah. Thanos will return, and that's why I fucking say like people that don't wait for the credits. I don't <laughs> yes, know if anyone like, doesn't wait for the credits, but normally it says like Ant Man will yeah. return yeah. or Black Panther will return. Yes, and Avengers but this Infinity movie War. says Thanos will return, which yeah. is like almost yeah. like a sick joke. <laughs> yeah, but I mean like I think but those last like two scenes and that black screen that that screen card. That kind of makes it feel to me like I could take that as a movie. Mm-hmm. Right. Our our, our heroes really did not win yeah. this story. Yeah, kind of love that too. There's another story coming out in a year that's going to pick up right where that left off. Right. And okay, now let's. So that's get, where I'm at. Let's get into that. Let's let's take apart that ending a little bit because Thanos smiles. He got what he wanted. The heroes tried everything and mm. they failed at every turn. Some more than or others. Did, or did they? Well, or did they? Or did they? They failed in order to <laughs> succeed. Doctor Strange has seen all these possible <sighs> futures, most Doctor of Strange. which, almost all of which, featured the, the heroes losing, and all we know is that he saw something that had to happen 
Like either the one th- either the only way that they could come out victorious is for Thanos to win and for something to happen because of that. Or I also wondered if it was as specific as Tony Stark needed to be alive right. for oh, the sure. one outcome that he sure, saw sure. that worked. But either way, he makes a call at the end of the movie that 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 saves Tony. Uh, My body just experienced something when I'm thinking about what's going to happen in the next movie. Like he, Doctor Strange made a call based on knowing what's going to happen that saves Tony and seems to doom half of life in the universe, yeah. um, including a bunch of heroes that we already know have movies coming up. There are all these moments that feel emotionally resonant with for those characters. Yeah. Like it's horrible for Steve Rogers to see Bucky disintegrate. It's horrible for Rocket yeah. to see Groot die again. But okay, the audience well, can reason. Mm-hmm. That that's not horrible because we know those characters are coming back. Yes. And I've heard a lot of people, and in fact, I put out a post saying we'd be talking about an Infinity War, so a few people left comments. And this one kind of sums up this topic. Uh, R.M. Weiner says, um, or Weiner, I don't know which it is. I found the ending of this movie to be ridiculous. Everyone knows there's no way Marvel is killing off half of its characters, especially the ones with upcoming movies of their own, so there is no emotional impact. Obviously, there's going to be a giant rewind in the second movie, which also lessens the impact of the deaths which took place earlier in the film. I think it could have been handled better. The thing is, though, in comic books, that happens constantly. That's like a constant thing. So, like, I mean, sure, it's a weird thing. So here's what I think. I think all the people that faded are being preserved. I didn't think that they were going to... I thought, as soon as I saw the first person fade, I'm like, he's sending them somewhere, Mm -hmm. is what my theory is. I think he's putting them in one place. My my feelings about this are based around the fact that just knowing that they're probably going to bring most of those characters back doesn't tell me how they're going to do it. Yeah. Doesn't tell me what the cost is going to be. Doesn't tell me whose contracts that are actually up. The second thing you just said is yeah. the what matters the most. Actually, yeah. go, I mean, I'm more worried about the characters that didn't disintegrate yeah. at the end of that movie. Yeah. Because I feel like they're going to have to try to do something heroic to try to bring everybody back. And the truth is, the deaths that a lot of people were expecting in this movie. The Tony Stark death, the Steve Rogers death. All we've done is postponed the pain of saying goodbye yeah. to some of these great characters. And I do think some of the deaths in this movie seemed like deaths that were intended to stick. I do think Loki's death and Heimdall's death and uh, Gamora's death, we'll talk a little bit about that. But in the terms of this story, Gamora's death is a real death. Vision gets killed twice. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's dead at the end, you know? Yeah. So I don't think that that's no cost. I, I So to, to RM, with all due respect to the fact that, yes, it is true that we know something's got to happen to bring this back. I don't think that it's going to be as simple as a rewind. I don't think they're going to have Thanos snap his fingers again. I don't think Doctor Strange is going to twist his arm. There's going to be some way of getting at that idea. I would only be disappointed if it felt like that part wasn't paid off, this promise of right. there being a great cost or right. of being some real change to the status quo. Because I had pictured the next event movie being whoever was left meaning a ragtag team of like war machine and ant-man and dr Mm. strange trying to scrabble together and form an avengers after the avengers were gone but that's not going to be the next movie because the original team is in fact who's left so that actually feels like they're setting something else up that feels very interesting and clever and i'm very curious what they're going to do with the original avengers plus rocket raccoon as the as the heroes of the next movie you know that'd be really cool does it make you worry about Rocket Raccoon? <laughs> yes, it really does. It really does, man. Like I said, I think that the people that faded are going to remain. I, th- I, I think, think they're going to come back, and yeah. the people that are left are going to die, or at least many of them the will terrible die. deaths. Yes. Yes. I, Final deaths, real deaths. Very, yes. I, that's, that's you think f- many of them will? I think most of them. Okay. Nah, I, dude. I, I, one of them will. I Just think- one? I mean, you think Steve I, might be think, I might be thinking what you're thinking. I think Steve Rogers dies, Tony Stark retires. Boom. 
You baby. Know, you, here's baby. what I would love if if Iron Man retires and Shuri takes over as Ironheart. Mm-hmm. Jesus, I may cry, man. I would legitimately cry in that theater. I'm gonna be a fucking mess with this next movie. I know. Yeah, it's gonna destroy me. It's That's gonna, that feeling I just got, like when yeah. you were talking about that. I was like, I just think that there's like, this is this is the point that I was talking about. The things that I complained about, kind of, I feel like they were listening to us, and they finally made this feel. The unpredictability is there now. You know the the chance for new alliances yeah. coming. This is all things that we. It they felt, just they just can't stale. backtrack on it. Yeah. Right, right. Even if, you know, right. a, a listener who thinks it's a, a cop out or a cheat or whatever, like you you're that's a valid opinion. But like if they come back and like there's really we're back to square one of no consequences, no yeah. stakes. Right, right. But I have absolutely zero percent cons- like I that belief that they yeah, would okay. do that. No, right. They- I mean, listening to the directors talk about the movie and like what they have for this next film. I, I'm just completely convinced yeah. that they are they are they have an incredible idea of how to end, end this chapter in the MCU. Yeah, like Do you think we're and gonna whatever see happens new? next, huh? You think we're going to see anybody new in the new Avengers in the next uh, Avengers? I don't know. That doesn't have their own movie between now and then. I mean, Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel is probably going to be a big part. But of it, yeah. she'll have a movie in Marchish or whatever it is, March. like much like Black Panthers yeah. uh, came out. But like, I don't know, man. I I, I just. I just think that they have an idea of how to, rem- like what I said earlier, like what I felt walking out of that theater and seeing which which characters quote unquote died yeah. or went away or are in whatever yeah. preservation, whatever yeah. whatever it is, we can discuss. Yeah, right. But like I just had that feeling of like reminded me of like how much these movies matter to me, mm-hmm. how much the characters matter to me, and what it feels like with the reality that. They may not exist forever. Yeah. Whether that's for this movie and they come back the next one, or they could be gone. Yeah. You know, or like John said, like if there are consequences for the ones that survived, the feeling that I have for the ones that are gone and I'm pretty confident they're coming back, still are real feelings. Mm -hmm. Right. For me. So the idea of somebody possibly really dying in the next one, possibly my favorite Avenger, like Mm -hmm. it's made me appreciate how much more that feeling is. Oh, yeah. That's kind of been my whole experience with the movie. And it's like, it's been amplified the more I think about it, which is why I really want to see it again, just to like kind of go through that feeling again. But I, I had a more emotional reaction to the end the second time because I, I, because curious. I had intellectually gone through all this stuff, yeah. and I was I was just looking at the moment between the character, like who's watching who disintegrate. Yes, what does it mean to them? What does it mean to Tony Stark that he now has felt his you know his sort of de facto son, you know, that that he felt responsible for disintegrated in his arms. Like that's a big development for Tony Stark. Absolutely. Steve Rogers is shattered at the end of this movie. We've never he just says, Oh God, and he can't say anything else, you know? And like he's sitting there next to Vision who's all like white and drained of I'm just saying, yes, if, maybe for audiences who know these characters are coming back in another movie, some of those stakes are lessened. But if you do care about the characters and enjoy the ride the characters have been on, which I think Steve you're saying yeah. you or similar to me, even though it's just a year and we know there's something else coming, it is a year where we're going to be wondering, like, what is what is the answer time. to this problem? I mean, I'm with you 100%, Ronald, and wanting some of these stakes to stick. Yeah. I'm yeah, just they saying, have to. Well, we all agree yeah. on that. I do want to throw back to something, though, Ronald. Speaking of deaths, you know, we had this bet going. I don't know if you remember we made a bet. <laughs> Uh-oh. About... Who was going to die in Infinity War? Oh, man. And you'd said if more than one... There was like, ice cream involved, If more right? than one name character died, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, you owe me ice cream. If only one main character dies, then I owe you ice Did cream. Did I say that nobody was going to die? You made it sound like maybe one person would oh, okay. die. I, we, then we realized we can't really say until after part four. But I would say if we were to take this, if we were to... So if, we count from right now? If we were doing it, but, but I'm saying if we if we were settling it now, then you owe me ice cream. I owe you ice cream. I man. think in this scenario, I got ice cream both ways, You, you right? said either way you're, you're <laughs> yeah. selling. I'm, I'm good with yeah, whatever right. decision uh, you Steve, you're go just, you're grandfathered in on this yeah. thing. Yeah. But I was just going to say, I want to get back to that. We never did discuss which characters would count as main characters, but I think Loki, Vision... Heimdall might be a stretch to call him a main character, yeah. but I Gamora. think any, any, yeah, and Gamora. Yeah. Gamora so let's talk about that. Let's maybe end on that notion because I think Definitely. there's a lot of people who were sad to see that Gamora's storyline was, if this is her death, is wrapped up in a way that's so sad. You know, if we've seen her be this kind of badass hero that's fun to watch and she's yeah. a great fighter, and that her storyline wraps up in a very sad way that indicates that the moment she finds out that Thanos really loved her, that love is being used against her. It's being used to destroy her, you know? Um, it actually reminded me, the scene reminded me a lot of uh, Han Solo's death in The Force Awakens because yeah. there's this sense of dread to it. And you get the sense that Gamora knew she was going to die some way or the other when she went off with Thanos. Yeah. And it's like when, when Han walks off onto that onto that gangplank or that, you know, that walkway in Force Awakens, you feel like he knows he might not be coming back right, from this right, encounter. Right. But it's still a betrayal. He's still shocked when his son ignites the lightsaber into him. And Gamora is still sad to me but it's, she's still surprised yeah. when he throws her off because she didn't think he loved her yeah. so she thought she was safe in that moment and what a horrible way for her to find out that she was wrong and that Thanos did love her that's just a sad end for Gamora I mean does that feel to you like if that's it for her that's satisfying because of the dramatic weight or do you feel like it's just inevitable that she's going to come back in some way because because they wouldn't do that to that character kill her in that way I think she's coming back I, I worry that she's coming back only because um, of the scene when she, he's talking to her in the Soul Stone at yeah. the end. But um, but if if she did not, I actually I like the dramatic effect of this scene worked. The for tragedy me. of it, the, yeah. yeah, how tragic it was that they didn't have to show her body um, though. Huh? They didn't have to show her body though. <laughs> I was like, this is too far. Um. But I don't know. I think that I think it's the dramatic effect works, and I also think that the effect that it has on Star Lord is a pretty yeah. profound thing for what happens in this next next movie or what happens in a future Guardians movie. Yeah. I think. So I mean, there's a lot going on there that I think works. Um, it's hard for me to picture a Guardians movie without Gamora being like the sort of stabilizing element on Peter Quill's yeah. character. And you might be right. That I'm, I, seeing him without that could be a different side right, of him. Right. But this movie was really just a bad day for Peter Quill all around. Man. If you notice, it starts off, they're as happy and integrated as a family as they've ever been. They're going through space. They're you know listening yeah. to the song. Gamora is like dancing in her seat She's and singing it. along. Yeah. And it's like, that's like the biggest clue you get that in the last two years, because it's been two years in their timeline since we saw them. Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy 2 took place right after the first one. Mm. Um, so it's been two years, but they're in a new ship. They seem like, I just felt like you see a picture of them that feels like they've really advanced. Yeah, yeah. And then Thor comes in and just messes up Peter's shit, you know? Like, they all think he's way cooler than Peter. <laughs> Then Far more attractive. Spl- splits up the team. And then minutes later, Gamora's saying, oh, my, my dad, if he comes around and he gets me, kill me. And yeah. then she makes him promise, even though he doesn't even understand the seriousness of that. And then later, when confronted with that moment, even though it doesn't, it doesn't work, he does pull the trigger. You know, wow. 
Like, and he's then dealing with that still probably when he finds out that she was killed. Oh my yeah. god! And then, if then a little while later he disintegrates. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like so for Peter Quill. He did fuck up that one scene, though. The scene, he, if only he could have held off for... Spidey almost had that glove off. I know. Yeah. But I think the movie... That scene tells you the type of movie this is, though. This is the movie where the heroes don't, just don't do it get just it. in time. Yeah, dude. The, absolutely. Things don't line up. But so, yeah, what do you think that means, Ronald, for the future of the Guardians if Gamora is missing? Or do you think it's inevitable that, if not in the next Avengers movie, that Guardians 3 will be the search for Gamora? Yeah, I think that she's going to come back. I th- there'll be some sort of... Yeah, Doctor Strange spell that'll. <laughs> well, I think the notion that she's in the Soul Stone because she was sacrificed to it yeah. means that if that stone is destroyed or reversed in some way, or replaced, or if somebody's replaced yeah. in there, that that she could be. Uh... So yeah, okay. If mm. if if she's replaced, mm-hmm. if someone else is killed uh, by someone who loves them, in order that that person can then wield the Infinity Gauntlet. Is that what they're leading us to in the next yes. movie? Is Tony <laughs> killing Steve? Yes. It's so dark. That's that is so dark. dark. That is dark. That's the only reason why I and doubt it. I love it. it. But that's the only reason why it's I so doubt dark. that they'll go there is that it's so dark. Yeah, it's so I, dark. That, like, I could see Steve dying in a heroic way, but Tony turns and kills Steve because he's the one. I'm just saying that, you know, the, the sometimes fan theories come up that are like that that feel perfect. Mm-hmm. But they also feel like, no, that's a little too dark. Like, that's not quite in keeping with the tone of these movies. And I just don't know. They're, they're going to want to do something big in this next movie. I don't know what will be too big or too right. dark or too grim for for this next movie. I, I kind of hope it's not that. I hope not. But, but, it but they be. set it up perfectly. This yeah. movie went a long way to set up that idea. Yeah, that, they, they never talk in this movie. Yeah. No, th- okay, so that's an interesting thing. That was one of my I never clues. Noticed. I didn't know One of my that. clues that's that neither really one cool. of them was going to die. I, in the back of my yeah. brain, I was like, it doesn't feel like either one of them is going to die. Th- this was a little bit of a Tony Stark movie. Um, he did have, like, set up with Pepper Potts. There's talk of, you know, having kids or whatever. So that felt like setting up a death. But Steve got no setup. So no. it seemed to me like it was pretty... If, if Steve Rogers had died in this movie, it would have felt like... Not good. Not a good yeah. use of his character. Totally. But the fact, in retrospect, the fact that those two guys never got a scene together, I was like, okay, you know, we just had the Star Wars movies come back, and they never... They didn't give Luke and Han and Leia a scene yeah. together. And that felt kind of like it was pushing fan expectation a little too far sometimes mm. i don't think the mcu is interested in cheating us out of that moment between right. tony and steve whatever right. shape that takes i do expect those two guys will have a, a big scene and i don't think they want it to be some alternate dimension version of them that doesn't have the memories That's i think I, I think it needs to be oh, the two no. of them that remember the setup, you know, so, yeah, there's so, got to be that closure or like this. this... So that's why I, 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 first I thought, did those Man. people that disappeared, did they get wiped out of existence? Because uh, Stenos said it'd be like you never existed. At one point in the movie, he's talking mm. about. But I don't think they can. I don't think that would be a satisfying movie if they don't remember the people who are no, gone and I they don't, don't have yeah. the story. Then it'll be a weird way to like. I don't think they can have a movie that tries to put a bow on these movies and also is a movie where it's an all-new version of the characters. I hope not. You know, I hope, so. I hope, I hope not, not, too. Yeah, that'd be weird. Did, um, do you know the Ant-Man and the Wasp, does that happen after this movie? It happens between Civil War and this movie. And there's Ooh. a lot of speculation oh, about okay. how the end of it might dovetail with this movie. Uh, got it, got it, Like got maybe it. at the end of the caper, somebody disintegrates. Or got it, got it, got it. The other thought I think a lot of people have is that the quantum realm right. can become a part of whatever happens in Avengers 4. Got it. But but I keep picturing this scenario where they're in the quantum realm and then they come out of the quantum realm at the end to discover that the world has 
had this thing happen or something. True. But it just feels like an, an odd note to add to the end. If Ant-Man and the Wasp is this fun summer movie, kind of family-oriented movie, right. it's weird to add in the end this super depressing note. <laughs> but I think fans are going to be a little disappointed if they go to see Ant-Man and the Wasp and they don't get any Connection. forward yeah. motion in this story. So I think they're good. I mean, Marvel has been smart thus far. I have a feeling they'll, yeah. they have some clever way of tying it yeah. in. Yeah, for sure. But, but Ant-Man really can't be the follow-up to this movie because it's a different tone and... yeah. And yeah, like I said, I think the timeline doesn't really work, but I can't wait. Yeah, does anybody have any thoughts wait. or predictions about what Avengers Four might be before, uh, bef- like aside from what we said? What I it might be. Go. I'm very excited to see like what Captain Marvel brings. Mm-hmm. Just the idea of that little stinger at the end of it, um, and how that would explain where she's been for like these films so far. I like the stingers um, that set up. A future movie. Yeah, I don't so. so much like the stingers that feel like they're just fan service to make yeah. a reference to something that's going to make some comic book guys in the audience happy. But when it feels like it's a to be continued kind of, I like that. I like yeah. that tease at the end of this. Yeah. That felt like it actually had some weight. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm very anxious to see what they call it. Yeah. 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 I don't know. Everybody's dead. <laughs> <laughs> the one that I the one that I feel like is the most. I don't know. I just feel like it sounds good. It was the I don't know if somebody mentioned it or I saw online. It was Avengers Endgame? Mm. Oh, yeah, it's a pretty solid title. Okay. I don't know. That's wishful thinking. Well, they've I, indicated I, that the title might be something of a spoiler. Have you heard that? Right. Yeah. That, and that's kind of what I mm-hmm. and, and Strange mentions. This is the End Game when yeah. he, when he mm-hmm. gives a stone up, or we're in the End Game. He yeah. says. Um, yeah, man. I'm, I'm I am super excited for it. I'm kind of like nervous about it um, for everything that we've just discussed prior. Um, the only other thing I wanted to add real quick, like something that I feel like is really important to think about with the characters that are left, mainly with our three core Avengers that have like their own standalone films, mm-hmm. is that both like Steve and Thor basically are like people stripped of anything that they cared about. Yeah. Um, and then Tony, the most important thing at him to him in that moment, the last thing he talked about to Pepper was these dreams he's been having about a kid. Mm-hmm. And like you mentioned, like the fact that Spider-Man, Peter disintegrates in front of him, like the, the person who he's a father figure to. Yeah. It's pretty important to, I mean, that's obvious setup for something. So, I mean, I feel the fact that these three core Avengers are experiencing right. arguably like the greatest loss of Loki, of Bucky, of, of Peter Parker in that, like right then it, that's pretty important. I think it is. so curious. I'm very curious to see how that plays out. Yeah, I have a feeling they're going to make something good out of it. Something that, as you've said, Steve, that's going to hit us in the feels. Yeah. 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 But. Most people have already gone ahead to see this one. So I'll just say go ahead and see it again, yeah. maybe. Right. I mean, yeah. I guess, yeah. I, 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 we're, 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 we're behind the curve, but I mean, go see it again. Help it help it beat Avatar. Yeah. yeah. For a worldwide. <laughs> it, it won't, but I mean, I have, I'm, I'm optimistic. No, it is an uh, interesting moment to be in because it was, as you said, Ronald, like, Right after Black Panther, this movie comes out and it does kind of redefine things a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but Black Panther was very popular with people because of what a standalone film it, it was. And uh, before we leave this subject, I'll just mention one of our listeners, Tim Eller, asked the question, is there an Avenger in the current MCU that can't hold a standalone movie anymore or at all? Or another way to ask is, which Avenger works better with the ensemble uh, than alone? I think the Hulk. You think? I, I don't know that I would really be into a, a standalone Hulk movie with this point where he at, is in the MCU. 
Mm. You know, I think the only reason I agree with that is because I think that he's really interesting when he interacts with people. Like, yeah. I think that Hulk, as part of on the team dynamic, is really interesting right now. But if they get into some of the deeper aspects of what they're hinting at, which is this separation between the two entities of mm. Bruce Banner and the Hulk, there's there's at least a movie in sure. in some of that stuff. Because and it was called The Incredible Hulk. Yeah. It came out with Edward Norton in it. Yeah. <laughs> Years ago. <laughs> it was it was the, I see it was what the you second did film. Yeah. It was the second film no, in the I MCU. Just some of the stuff that, that now that we've seen that the Hulk can develop like Reboot this, the Hulk. This, this personality. How do you though, think Edward Norton outs- feels right now? Serious question. I have no he's idea. Probably, he's probably totally fine with it. You think so? I think he hated that experience. Yeah. Uh, I mean, from what I've read about He at least hated it enough to tell himself. That he's glad right. yeah. he doesn't want well, to roll now. True, true, true. I want to every once in a while a family member will go, weren't you? How come you aren't in these movies? <laughs> you should. Um, <laughs> no, or, or, or it's like the nephew. It's like, man, Mark Ruffalo is a great Hulk. Yeah. Right. He's so I'm much better fucker. than you. Because you are just very... That's so weird. I don't know. That's, that's the first one that comes to mind. Yeah. Only because they had the standalone, the character battling this all No, I can ego. see that. And at this point, he's yeah. so great with the other characters involved. Like him being, gr- he was great in Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, he was. And that is how it works so well. Yeah. And you know, seeing what he does in the Avengers films, or if he pops up, like you were saying, in a Guardians film or a mm-hmm. Doctor Strange, whatever it might be. Um, I just don't know that at this point, even though people have been saying they want it, you know, m- much like a Black Widow standalone, which I, I don't know how I feel about that either. Yeah, it doesn't um, feel like that's they're... kind of like a too late. Yeah. kind of thing isn't hurt so. doesn't the black widow anytime you see that conversation doesn't it remind you of like there's another director on the gambit film that channing tatum is trying to get going? yes it's like yeah. do we something is about this really feels wrong yeah like i think somebody thinks that scarjo is a bigger draw than she is or yeah. that people care more about this character than we do or maybe like you said just the time has passed for right. it right right but uh, yeah, I'm not that interested in. A, I was gonna say Black Widow. Yeah. Like, I, but I don't think she's necessarily that great a part of the ensemble either. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't think she's a negative aspect of the movies. But she seems to me like she's in that same category with like War Machine and Falcon. Falcon, yeah. Where it's like they're cool characters and it's cool to have them around, but they have yet to have a storyline that is really theirs. Yeah. Totally. Agree. I agree. I yeah. agree with that. Did you have any other ones? Just those two. <laughs> definitely those. Yeah, <laughs> definitely those two. Yeah. Well, no, that's it, man. That's it for Infinity War. And that's it for our episode. Hope hope you guys don't mind having to wait a little uh, extra time for a new episode. Some things came up, but we we're back at it, and here we are with our new artwork and our new attitude, and <laughs> it's a whole new season. <laughs> we just got a new Mission Impossible trailer. We're all mm. excited about the summer Very. coming up. Can't wait for that. I'm loving all this it casting announcements. Yes. As we record this episode, they announced who they cast as Stan. Andy Bean. I'm not familiar with this actor, but he looks. Andy Bean. Bean. He looks. I wish you guys could see this right now. Those listening, both Ronald and John both went to either their hit for their phone or right to the laptop to Google I've that name. Even heard of? Oh, I recognize him. I don't know what I know him from, but uh, they're just killing it with this casting. Of all these adult kids, uh, the adult version of the kids from It for part two. That is like my most anticipated movie of like, I don't know, that, oh, and, that and Avengers 4. This is guy like, from Power. Is that where I've seen him from? Yes. What, what's he look like in Power? Is, does he have a different... Mm, He's the creepy cop. That's got to be where I know him from, yeah. 
He was also like uh, he looked familiar. He's somebody. He's he's also in that uh, new supernatural HBO show. He's the lover of the 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 gay son in it. Yeah, supernatural. Oh, here now. Here now. Here now. Yeah, what yeah, yeah. What do you think about that show, man? I haven't watched it. I saw a commercial. I for want it. you to watch that. I want the two of you to watch that. I, we need to discuss at least a pilot episode. That's the Tim Robbins one. Didn't did that get canceled? It got canceled. The Tim already? Robbins show, right? Yeah. The Holly Hunter. I didn't know. I haven't that. watched it. I haven't. It got it. canceled already. If we're talking about the same show, that makes perfect. Perfect sense. <laughs> 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 Little side eye. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Oh, sure. <laughs> uh, but yeah, man, Mission Impossible looks awesome. I'm loving this it casting that's keep trickling out. I think they're starting to, re- to shoot principal photography starts in like two months. I think. Wow, that's great. And so I can't wait to see who they cast as Ben. He's like really the only one I think left, right? Right. Or no, Mike. That's they true. Cast Mike either. So Mike and Ben, and uh, Henry. I'm sure they're gonna announce that. I just I can't wait for that movie. I'm Damn, super excited for that. You're right, it did get canceled. Um, yeah, James McAvoy, Bill Hader, James Ransom, <laughs> yeah. uh, Jessica Chastain. Yeah, that's a unbelievable. Killing it. This Andy that's Bean dude. Jam-packed. This Andy Bean. They're it's gonna hot. announce Chris Pratt yeah. as Ben here shortly, and, and people are gonna <laughs> brains are gonna blow up. Uh, but yeah, man, good stuff. Good stuff. And uh, next time we will probably talk a little bit about. Well, I don't know. Maybe depending on what we're doing, but Deadpool will have come out, so will come out. Yes. Do some catch up on those, maybe. I actually saw one of your picks for the summer, and we'll have to talk about that sometime soon. I saw Revenge. So did I. Yeah. Yeah, we got to talk about it. <laughs> 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 we have to talk about that movie. <laughs> well, uh, as always, we're on uh, movieshmovie.com, facebook.com slash movieshmovie. We're on the Twitters, I believe. And. Uh, any place you can really find a podcast, we should be there as well. So Spotify. 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 So Apple big. Podcasts, whatever you, your, your choice is, we should be there. And if we're not, please let us know so that Ronald can figure out how to get us there. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, if, if, if you have any other suggestions for upcoming episodes, if you have a different take on anything that we talked about in this episode, feel free to comment on the Facebook post that we put out where we stream this uh, audio. We'd love to get a conversation going on that post of what your take is on any of the TV shows we talked about, cancellations or Avengers Infinity War. Um, Let's talk it up a little bit. It'd be be nice to chat with some more people about this. I kind of zoned out. Did you say Avengers Infinity War got canceled? It did. It did. I'm sorry. Wow. Yeah, dude. Damn it. But but Netflix picked it up. Oh, awesome. Oh, cool. (laughs) Looking Um, forward to that. But yeah, that's been episode 214 of Movie Schmovie. And uh, as always, you've made our day. Thanks. Bye.